So welcome to the Interjections Podcast, where we uh, go over the hidden gems and not-so-hidden gems of the 1990s, because none of us were alive long enough to um, actually see them in the theaters. So we've just been going back and forth. We are on to 1991. I believe we're in August 1991. Um, And today we're going to be talking about uh, what I have quickly realized is one of the greatest bromance features in the history of cinema, Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, um, which was never, they had to put a disclaimer in the front because it's not, it doesn't have- endorsed by either company. Yeah, code names. Uh, or that, nicknames, which is really weird. I didn't realize- But the Don Johnson character uh, has an actual name. Was yeah. It? He's given, he's given an actual name. Yeah. Uh, the Mickey Rourke character, he's only known as Harley Davidson the whole time through. So we've, well, they, I think I think uh, Marlboro Man said his name a couple of times, right? Or was it the other way around? Other way. Around. He kept saying, "Call him Marlboro." Other Harley. Well, that's it's it's interesting because like, all right. So here's here's the the gist. Before we get into all that, you got these you got these two. Uh, I don't want small time criminals, but they're just like they're they're two, they're rogues. They're, they're, they're living their lives. They're they're going their own paths, but like they're not exactly crooks. They're just you know. I was gonna say I've not, I it's not established early on that they used to be criminals. It's just like he's thinking about a bank robbery. I'm like, have they done this before? <laughs> yeah. They're two good guys in a bad situation. Yeah, of course. There it is of all of this they're on a mission from god right yeah. but the difference yeah. is they're not trying to save a church they're trying to save a bar that they, is a bar slash orphanage that is abruptly destroyed yeah yeah it's it's in uh yeah so it's it's your typical like let's rob a bank to save the orphanage type thing only the orphanage is a uh a dive bar yeah and that they've frequented supposedly in their youth obviously they've known each other since before all of this but it's not immediately established at the, at the beginning but neither of them calls each other by their real name you know you got don johnson plays the marlboro man because he looks like and dresses like a cowboy um but the funny thing is he doesn't smoke at the beginning yeah, uh, he just has a cigarette in his mouth all the time because like yeah he says he doesn't light it yeah it's like a nervous tick Until later on in the movie when you know, shit hits the fan, and he's just like, "I need a light." Yeah, uh, this is not like, falling like, stars. It's like things are bad now. I need to smoke. And then uh, Mickey Rourke's character is just known as Harley Davidson because that's what he rides around. He's like the motorcycle guy. He doesn't drink. And for the life of me, I had no idea that was Mickey Rourke when we yeah. watched. Because I, yeah. I didn't, I didn't read the credits or anything before we watched the movie. And when you first see him, I, I was like, "Is that Kiefer Sutherland?" Like, it was like, it was like we, we thought Bruce Willis. Ah, yeah. I knew who it was. Yeah. And, um, Kevin Costner. I got. I did. Was Kevin Costner? Yeah. Well, because we're, we were talking about it before. We think he's like a mix between the three in this film. Like his hair is a little bit like uh, Costner and Warworld. You know what's weird? The way he was talking, he sounded like Marlon Brando in The Wild One. Mm, he got yeah. like a really affected whisper. Mm-hmm. That's very mannered. Yeah. Yeah. I actually think he's doing a good job. 
It's oh, kind of a shame. Boy, he, I don't. He's semi-retires yeah. after his, this. His voice, like <clears throat> the way he used his voice, like you, you also contributed to not recognizing him immediately. Yeah. He was definitely like, you know, an early, early, early version of Mickey Rourke. Like, well, I never saw any of his 80s, 80s things. Time so had, I didn't know him other than after his boxing career where he gets punched a lot and loses his looks. Right. So, my, my first introduction to Mickey Rourke, though, was Iron Man 2. So, you know, that's where I'm coming from as far as knowing who he is. I mean, that's not a good... I mean, that's a good starting point, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I didn't know who he was until everyone's like, wow, he's making a comeback with The Wrestler in Sin City. And I was like, who yeah. is this guy? It's weird, because you know what's weird? It's a movie I shouldn't have watched at the time. I think the first movie I saw him in when I was a kid was Angel Heart, which mm -hmm. has a really graphic sex scene with him and Lisa Bonet. Mm -hmm. And uh, De Niro plays the devil. Mm -hmm. But I think that was like the first movie I saw him in. But he always had that very uh, cavalier, um, kind of cool as a cucumber, unflappable demeanor about him. And he like, obviously, it's almost like a self-parody in this one. Like it opens up with him uh, in bed with a woman. He just leaves her to go for a ride on his Harley. This semi-clad woman. And what's the song that plays? One of Dead or Alive. Yeah. Which I kept thinking, I was like, I'd rather be watching that movie. <laughs> Jeez. All right, so we're gonna we're gonna have a little bit of a. Uh, <laughs> There's a gonna Corey, be some disagreements here, Jeff. Corey wasn't very excited about watching this. I've already someone who had seen it before, so. Cinematic discourse, baby. Yeah, I will say that Don Johnson is doing better in the movie. But he's doing, he's almost, it's weird. It reminds me of uh, George Clooney in his early film career where George, George Clooney, because of uh, ER, would tilt his head forward because he used to read charts. Huh. So this became like a tick in all those <laughs> movies where his head was tilted forward. And hmm. Don Johnson likes to really arch those eyebrows. Yeah, watch, watch. Gestures. His eyebrows are reaching new heights. And <laughs> yeah. And I hate to tell the filmmakers, but this this isn't David Mamet dialogue. So when he's doing that pool hall hustle, it's it's just cringe inducing dialogue. Oh, man. That was that was I mean, American poetry. Nineteen ninety one too. I mean, come on. Oh, it's the other thing. It's supposed to be futuristic. It was yeah. eighty nine or nineteen ninety. It was released in nineteen ninety one. Takes place in nineteen ninety six. That's not far enough. Yeah. Which is why it starts off with like to set up a, a radio broadcast talking about that. Yeah, there's like radio broadcast talking about a new drug that's on the market, how it's like 100% addictive and it's like Crystal Dream. And I'm like, is this because I feel like Crystal Pepsi came out not far after that. I'm like, someone didn't do <laughs> Yeah. But, you know, and that's kind of what sets it up because part of the like the conflict. Because after they decide, okay, we're going to rob this bank because we're, gonna, you know, the the bar that they grew up in has, um, you know, the the bank gentrifying the 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 neighborhood because they're putting in an airport. So they're basically like the lease was three hundred fifty bucks a month, I mean, raising it to like two hundred, you know, two point five million dollars just to yeah, like like a ridiculous amount. This, Which is the second movie illegal. In the, the second movie in a row where there's gentrification. 
Now it's white gentrification. Oh, it's like there's a theme of that in the 90s or something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, gentrification and what? Where were they living? Uh, um, it was L.A. Was it L.A.? It was L.A. Well, they go oh, to yeah. Vegas. Yeah, they go to Vegas. So, yeah, what, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because they made a big deal about Burbank Airport. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, which, honestly, is that a thing? Is, is Burbank an airport? I don't know. I thought that's where the airport was, but I don't know LA. Geography. I guess that makes sense because the studios are nearby, and I guess yeah, a lot of get. I know the Tonight Show filmed from Burbank because the airport went- is further away from Burbank. I don't know exactly I don't- where, but I know it took a little bit of a drive. I went downtown, so I. I don't know how much of a commentary it was supposed to be. Like if it was literally an airport that was exist. I'm literally looking this up right now because yeah, I'm a- well for East Coasters, we wouldn't know anything yeah. from right. We wouldn't know the geography. It's just right. a Hollywood Burbank airport. Okay. So yeah. for commentary on they were adding in this airport. So this is this is what's gonna go down if this happens. Your your local bar that you grew up in is gonna suddenly need to rob a bank to raise the money to stay in business. <laughs> yeah. And so they ominously decide to do it. And it's just sort of, it's going to be this team effort. And it's sort of just like, yeah, we're getting the band back together. We're going to go save the bar. And this is something important I wanted to mention. The, uh, I didn't realize all of their names are product placement as well. Like we just mentioned, oh, well, they have the most generic names, Jimmy and Jose, two of yeah. the other guys. It's Jose Cuervo is his name. Oh, okay. It's, and the girl that Don Johnson meets is Virginia Slim. Yeah. So oh, I just didn't think Wait. about it. Jeff, yeah. Big guy. That's something important. What? It starts off with the prerequisite uh, <laughs> liquor store robbery that he thwarts because that's in every 90s movie. Steve Ball did it. Uh, John Claude Van Damme does it. Arnold does it. And yeah. he, he beats these guys up with such ease. Like they don't even try to put up an effort to to suppress them at all. Yeah. You know, I hate when people come in here and just scum like this ruins a nice neighborhood like this. Yeah. Just the, the typical like, all right, here's the main character. He's the tough. Yeah. We so. got to establish that he's a ruffian and can take down anybody. Yeah. And like he, he beats up a guy twice his size. He beats up a guy twice his size when he gets to that one bar. One of the other fast, just to show how much of a badass he is. Right. Exactly. And he like comes in and he's like he he starts punching up a Native American bar. Oh no, that's that's Mar- <laughs> the one. Who's, yeah, Marvo did that. You're yeah. the cowboy in here, cowboy. Like that's and that was a good line. I think I don't know. I, I liked it, but the um, you know, the 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 bar family, which includes uh. None other than Giancarlo Esposito. Gus Fring. Went on to be Gus Fring and um, that dude in Revolution and one of the Sith Lords in The Mandalorian. Sort of. We had him in another film, right? Wasn't he in something recently? Was he in King of New York? Thinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're seeing seeing the beginning of Giancarlo Esposito's rise during all of this, which is fascinating. But um, yeah, and so they they go and they actually pull off a pretty decent heist. You know, they 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 dress as construction workers and direct the armored car and all this stuff. I liked that scene a lot. I thought they were yeah, dressed kind of like village people. Right, a little bit. That's probably where they you know. <laughs> but they, um, 
So they do it, they rob it, but then like, it's too easy. We're 20 minutes into the movie and they've robbed the bank. Right. What's going to happen? Complication. And like the people that were driving the car are just like, no, you're going to have to deal with our boss. Like they don't even care that they're about to get their asses handed to them because they know the backup's coming. Or shot up. They're murdered. Yeah, they die, they die in a uh, crossfire. And really, it's more of the supposed allies just indiscriminately shot at everybody in the opposite direction. So it wasn't really a crossfire. It was just like, we're just going to shoot now. And whoever dies, dies. It's not our problem. Because it turns out that, hey, you remember that drug we were talking about earlier? Yeah. The bank is a front for that. And the armored car was full of just a ton of that stuff. It's called Chekhov's gun. You know what's fun? Uh, After Tristan and I saw it, um, I made the connection that, like, uh, what is this? This movie is supposed to take place in 96. Yeah. I think Cowboy Bebop comes out in like 96 or 98 and like the first yeah. yeah and the first episode of it like they have like a guy doing drugs the way that they describe it in the movie and I think it's called something similar what was it Crystal Dream you said yeah, it's Crystal Dream and it goes right into your eyeball like something dream in Cowboy Bebop I meant to look oh you mean the name of the episode the name, yeah. no the name of the drug I thought oh. it had a specific name that was remember. similar Either way, if they took inspiration from this, of all the things, that's actually a good idea. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, speaking of product placement, um, I love the, uh, if you look in the background, all the billboards and stuff, especially when they go to Vegas, you see the billboard for Die Hardest 5 and things like that. Yeah. I mean, four years in the future. So, like, it's, they, they were over projecting. It's probably better than the real Die Hard Five. Let's be honest. Uh, yeah, that's true. The fictional Die Hard Five. Uh, Freedom Never Dies, or whatever. I don't know. No, Good. it's the one with uh, Boomerang. Yeah, Jay, Jay Courtney. Oh, oh, that wasn't the one with Kevin Smith. No, that's no, the that was one. the fourth one. Oh, Still I guess. Okay. I erased, erased the fifth one from my brain. Then I guess. Please do. I never saw it. I, I just pretend it didn't happen. But um, yeah, so then they obviously have now the resources of this mob bank after them, uh, which for some reason they're dressed up like, you know, proto matrix trench coats that are allegedly made out of like lightweight Japanese Kevlar, but they just look like idiots running around in raincoats. Yeah. <laughs> um, and. You know, so they're just hunted by those guys for the rest of the movie. And the yeah, head and of who, which Who's is, in that cast? It's one of the Baldwins. It's Daniel. The fat one. <laughs> yeah. Not Alec, the talented one. Not William, the good-looking one. And not Stephen, the religious one. That's how you differentiate the four. Or Adam, the unrelated. And not Haley, who wasn't around. Right? <laughs> I feel like... The- you know, the, the Baldwins are like Andy Richter's character on uh, Arrested Development. I thought you were going to say Quinn Thompson. <laughs> that's the thing. And in Arrested Development, he comes on, I think that's the one, but he comes on as like five different characters. Oh. That are all like. Do you remember who the boss was? I don't, actually. Tom, Tom Sizemore. Where do we know that name? From the 90s. Do you remember Heat? 
Sure. Try Ryan. Okay. Okay. Oh it's yeah. Also, uh, Tom Hanks second in Saving Private Ryan. Okay. I've seen about seven minutes of that movie, so I think that was the seven minutes. Is it? Is I it think he was in there. The beach landing. Is that what you saw? Sure. It's whatever they keep replaying on D Day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he shows up right after that. that. Sure, that's what it is. He, he's he's the guy collecting dirt. Dirt. Oh yeah. Yeah. He, if you remember that part, he's the guy collecting dirt. Okay. About that. Gotcha. 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 Long before Captain Jack Sparrow, because you know, Jack I got, a, I, got a jar, I got a jar of dirt. He did yeah. that too. Yeah. I do not notice this weird dirt fetish that people in cinema. Oh have. yeah, there's like stupid memes about it. Like, because it looks cool. Because you're picking it up, and you're just like, I'm gonna examine this. You know what's odd? This is the second movie we came through here, man. This is the second movie that we've examined from this director, by the way. Yes, this is the first time we've had a repeat. I didn't realize until I was doing our little guide for this. I have forgotten that. Yeah, you must have said it and I just ignored it. He did quickly down on that a lot. Really? Another overrated movie. This was way better. No, no, Quigley was much better. They're about tantamount for me. I like Harley Davidson. I do actually think this was a bit of a hidden gem because mm-hmm. uh, apparently this this is one of the reasons Mickey Rourke was like maybe I'll do boxing instead. It kind of career. It's uh, I understand, but like thirty years on, this is a fun little gem. It's not a waste of time, in my opinion. That's the thing. I can see like. Going up against things like Die Hard and Terminator and all of that, like all of the, the real action movies that came out in the 90s, I can see why this would have been glossed over because it's not very... It's not real action-oriented. It's not hyper-violent. It's not, like, super dark. I mean, like, there's actual bits of, like, these guys are genuine friends. And, you know, and then you've got Don Johnson's character has his, his side piece who... Like it's just an inex- into a high speed pursuit with her, and she pulls him over and just grabs his crotch. She's, I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore my shift and go fuck you. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, it was a weird little detour, but it also gave his character a bit more depth. Um, and I feel like, even though it's Harley Davidson and the Marlboro Man, I feel like a majority of who you find out about is Marlboro. And it's like there could have been a sequel where you learn more about Harley Davidson's past. I so think could they're be. planning on a sequel, but this didn't do well. Um, in fact, it wasn't even screened for critics because they were scared of what. Uh, yeah. Okay. That's always a bad sign. I figure it didn't uh, get marketed well. The only thing it was up against that was new was Dead Again, which was just it was the drama from uh, Kenneth Branagh, right? So yeah, it's a great movie, but um, but that's not really market that. Yeah, it's not real competition. That could yeah. have snuck in and been a nice surprise in the middle of August. It's weird. Vanessa Williams has like a cameo in this where she sings, and then she... yeah, I thought she'd have a bigger role. I saw her pop up. I'm like, oh, she's one of the crew's wives. Disappears completely after the crew's gone and doesn't get right. killed. She's just gone. Yeah, she survives. She's a widow and. Loses her father and brother. No grief. No. That's yeah. weird. Tia Carrera, same thing. Yeah, that's true. And she's in another movie that 
comes out this month that we'll talk about. But. They just kind of ignore the women, I think, in this movie. Because even Virginia Slim, she just kind of notice a depth, but the one bartender. It's, it's a movie about male bravado. Like yeah. the women are just like you know. Speaking of which, the one bartender was Kelly Hugh. Right. Yeah, in a cameo. Yeah, it was cool to see uh, Kelly Hugh and Tia Carrere, but I don't think they had. They were given nothing to do. Yeah, anything. <laughs> I mean, which is fine because the movie wants to be centered around the two guys. Yeah. So, like Jeff said, it's more, it's a bromance. Mm. So, we don't have time for these side characters, these second bananas. Um, I don't know if the movie is intending for uh, Harley Davidson's character to be as stupid as he is, but some of his dialogue is so dim witted, like his as existential crises when he's on top of the boogers, like, man, I hope God's alive because it'd be really cool to hang out with him, you know? Like, like, uh, it, it, it goes, it Don gives him the most sincere look. Like, yeah, yeah he's sweetie. He he he's, he might not be the brightest like moron. Yeah. I, I feel like there are some real like. I feel like Ang Lee saw this movie, and that's where he got the inspiration for Brokeback Mountain. Because <laughs> it's really got like almost yeah, maybe. You think it's homoerotic in a way? If it was made 10 years later... I mean, it's a bromance. It's got to be a little bit. If it had been made 10 years later, they would have been ended up together in the end. You know, uh, Harley's waiting downstairs after Don gets up to, uh, you know, hang out with him. He's already making breakfast when Virginia gets up. You know what's funny? I might as well bring this up now since we were just talking about Tia Career. Speaking of homoerotic uh, buddy movies, she's in a movie that came out this month called Showdown Little Tokyo. Kind of similar. Hmm. But it's Dolph Lundgren and Brandon Lee. And speaking of homoeroticism in that movie, there's a line of dialogue that's pretty infamous from that movie where uh, he, Brandon Lee, walks in on Dolph Lundgren having a, uh, a sex scene. And then scenes later when they're having a show, he's like, by the way, you had the biggest dick I've ever seen on a man, and he just goes, "Thanks." And it's like, why was this written? Yeah, at least at least Mickey doesn't. So this this is somehow notches below that on the the homoerotic amir, the latent homosexuality, but they're close. They're, they're friends, man. <laughs> yeah, they're really close friends. Oh, homoerotic. There's, oh, it's there's just, nothing wrong with it's. It's it was normalizing platonic friendships twenty years ahead of the curve. Sure, this was I love you, man, for the nineties. Right, exactly. It was I love you, man, for like the the Steven Seagal crowd. Oh, yeah. uh, but it's genuinely they care about each other, and I'm like I'm into this. It's it's a really cool story, and they have it like they pull off the Robin Hood thing, and then unfortunately, all of them trying to do it for end up dying in the crossfire anyway they don't get the lease either so, so it becomes it becomes a robin hood movie to a uh a revenge movie but then it becomes right because then then uh marlboro becomes obsessed with they got to make it right they're not gonna like that's has gone the owner's gone like there's no reason to worry about them yeah. taking over the yeah. in the airport but justice then because they gotta like Fucking Tom Sizemore. That was one of the few times that they actually like vehemently disagree in the movie is when, um, uh, what's his face? Mar- Marlboro. 
Harley, no, Harley wants to just like flat out kill him. And Marlboro's just like, no, it's not, it's not right. We gotta make it right. Everything's gotta balance out. Well, then he ends up falling out a window anyway. Yeah. <laughs> well, balanced out. <laughs> I didn't have to do yeah. anything. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's just, yeah, I don't think it's the smartest film ever, but I thought it was fun. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what I wanted from this movie. It, it delivered on its promise. I thought, you know, we're looking back 30 years later. Like you said, if this is up against more cerebral stuff like Dead Again, yeah, maybe I'm not going to love it, but it didn't deserve to be crushed or ruin Mickey Rourke's career for a little while. I, I, I liked them in it, at least. Yeah. They were great. It was, I, I enjoyed it. It's actually a good popcorn movie. Mm-hmm. Like, just to back yeah, out the, to. And at the end of the summer, that's what you want. You got motorcycle chases. You got, you know, shootouts in an in a airplane graveyard. You've got, you know, mysterious dudes in trench coats, and you've got a love triangle. And mm-hmm. guys. Just two good guys in a bad situation. And I'm like, that's really all you can ask for with, with the movie. It's funny. There's a couple of those movies that we're going to talk about in the other movies released. All right. Like said, there's a motif. Yeah, why don't, why don't we uh, bring them up, see if any of them are better? I mean, I okay, so just... are, we, are we rating? Are we doing? Yeah, let's, yeah, let's give it a quick rating. rating. I want to do C minus. I was going to give it a B minus. I'm actually, I'm impressed that it's as high as it would be for you, Corey. Yeah, I you were against doing I, I liked it better than Air America. I'll give it that. That might be the oh, worst okay. oh. on the podcast. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I'm going to have to go with an A. Solid A. It's, it's just... I'm, I'm, I'm going with a B plus. Because yeah. it's like a B movie. It was a B movie. Yeah. Not enough Jerry Seinfeld, though. Oh, no. my God. Really? Your spokes keep getting caught in my wings. <laughs> What's going on? Throttle it harder. Actually, a pretty good Seinfeld. Thanks. What's the, the What's the deal with this V8 engine? Anyway, okay. uh, so I talked about Showdown Little Tokyo already, which is fun. You know, it's actually a movie that had a longer cut, but the studio cut it down to like seventy-five minutes with credits. Really? Oh wow! So yeah, it's it's like as lean as it could get without sacrificing most of the plot. Mm. But it's, it's, it's actually a, worth it? Huh? It's actually worth it? It's a fun movie. Uh, I mean, it's one of the few movies where you get to see Brandon Lee outside of The Crow. Sure. So you get to see what his stardom would have been. Mm. And actually, him and the Dolph have good chemistry. Apparently. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, another buddy movie that came out, which is actually buddies played by the same actor, is Double Impact, John Claude Van, which is interesting. I just rewatched this the other day because I got the Blu-ray. Uh, it's a lot better than I remember. Hmm. The action scenes are really well done, and John Claude actually does a very good job of differentiating between the two twins. Hmm. I'll have to check that. I do. He is my favorite. Of the '90s action stars, so oh, is that right? Yeah, a couple of them, like uh, Sudden Impact, right? No, Sudden Death. Death. Yeah, Sudden Death's my favorite one of his. Yeah, Die Hard and uh, Ice Rink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fun. Great, uh, great villain. 
But who's the oh, villain? Yeah, Powers of Boots. Yeah, who's the villain in uh, Double Impact? Um, it's actually uh, the the one from um, Bloodsport. Okay. I forget his name. The yeah, Asian, the Asian bodybuilder. Yeah, the Asian bodybuilder is really good. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey Lewis plays his surrogate father. Okay. In the movie. Uh, but it's a fun movie. Uh, Body Parts came out this month, which is uh, one of the few movies where Jeff Fahey, who's normally a supporting actor, gets a lead role. It's an interesting kind of uh, Cronenbergian thriller. It doesn't exactly go where you think it's going to go. There's some really good action set pieces, especially when uh, Jeff Fahey initially loses his arm and he gets a new one grafted onto it. But um, yeah, if you're if you're into those type of movies, I would recommend that. Uh, actually, a movie that I know you two have just recently seen, Doc Hollywood. Yeah, I was uh, excited to watch this. So we very charming. This back when uh, we were going to talk about the hard way. So we watched that then. We just finally watched the hard way. We did them in reverse. Oh, okay. So, so you can give your thoughts on both. What did you think of uh, Doc Hollywood? I thought it was a very charming little sleeper. I think I like Doc Hollywood more, but I like them both, to be yeah. honest. I mean, I just like Michael J. Fox. I just think this plays on Michael J. Fox's charm better. It, it showcases what his talents yeah, are. It is the exact same plot as cars yeah cars stole the whole plot yeah i mean his name's even doc right yeah oh the uh paul newman character's named doc yeah yeah Uh uh-huh it's like they know what they're doing yeah but uh what do you think jim um i liked it no no it it took me a minute like i was just like trying to remember this whole time it was like when you said Michael J. Fox, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it's the one where his yeah. car breaks down, down south. Fish out of water. He's going from New York to L.A., and he takes a wrong turn and ends up in Georgia. Yeah, I know. Like, I, know the geography is I know exactly where he's going, but, like, he should have turned right to Tennessee. When he doesn't notice the sun's not over, not ahead of him, like, how does he? I mean, he's a superficial uh, I was just say, it's not like he's a brain surgeon. He's only a plastic surgeon. Yeah. It, uh, I thought the movie was all right. It was, uh... Yeah. It was cute. You know what it reminded me of? This hasn't come out yet, but my cousin Vinny has like the small town uh, humbleness that he ends up learning. And uh, Vinny's better, but I see. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's the same kind of idea where it's like you, you city boys don't understand yeah. what it's like for it's us. It's city here, slickers but... versus the country bumpkins. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which I'm fine. Life yeah, is a cool. lot better when it's slower, tamer, and just a little more racist. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> that, that plane don't Georgia. work no more. Yeah. Um, um, but we did like The Hard Way as well. So okay. it is a very good year for Michael J. Fox. He was real into it because of James Woods. And oh, yeah. The, uh, the year James, before James, James Woods, about, like, he, he was like... Yeah, I do think... We talked about uh, Back to the Future Part 3, so he was on a roll around this time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do think this is one of James Wood's better roles. He's he's at least when he was on top, uh, he he was at his best when he was playing a hard nosed cop. So yes. Um, Return to the Blue Lagoon. Oh boy! I saw this as a kid. I did too. But this is like a tamer version of the original, which um, it's such a dumb plot. I wonder if you remember this. 
uh, characters from the original, which I think is Brooke Shields and I forget who else. Christopher. They, the plot is it's like they, it's almost like swept away. They get stuck on an island together and uh, they had they start to have these romantic feelings for one another. But but they leave. Oh, I thought you were gonna bring up the fact they're brother and sister. Well, they yeah, well, was that they leave. Uh, they have kids of their own, and those kids wash up on shore together in the sequel. Mm. Yep. Double it's incest. Like a Gilligan's Island spinoff. It's uh, Mila Jovovich, and I don't remember the other the actor. Yeah, no idea. But it's just as terrible as that sounds. Yeah. Of course. Like, why would you need a sequel to that? Because there's, there's a cult following? Mm. 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 Um, Maybe. A John Candy movie that I remember liking, but haven't revisited any time recently, Delirious came out. Yeah, I saw this a while back, too. I remember liking it. Um, he plays a soap opera writer who he either gets incapacitated or he goes into a coma. I forget which. He, he gets knocked out at some point. Slips, I think, if I remember correctly, he slips or trips on the sidewalk as he's getting to his car and right. hits his head on the sidewalk and wakes up in the hospital bed of his soap opera. Right. He's, he rhapsodizes that he's interacting with his characters that he's created in the soap opera. It's a clever concept. I think uh, it's uh, Tom Mankiewicz. Is the mm. writer? And, it reminds me uh, a little bit of uh, Pleasantville. Yes. It's yeah. a TV show. Right. Uh, but it's John Candy at his best. Yeah. Too. I do remember. I, I've never seen the scenes where there's, there's one character right. who keeps coming in and just saying stage directions, and he's like, "Didn't I give this guy dialogue?" Yeah, it's uh, good. Pure luck, which is uh, talking about buddy movies. This is a weird combo. It's uh, Martin Short and Danny Glover. It's a remake of a French movie. And um, basically this insurance adjuster hires Danny Glover to find his clumsy daughter. So he, he brings along uh, Martin Short who has equally bad luck to help find her. Like they would find each other through kismet or some psychic connection. And it's just a lot of like really unfunny physical comedy where it's <laughs> Murphy's Law. It's, it's mm -hmm. honestly, Martin Short didn't have a lot of great starring vehicles outside of Interspace for himself. So. Or whenever he's with Steve Martin, really. Right. <clears throat> um, a a Coen Brothers movie that is a really good showbiz satire came out this month, uh, Barton Fink. Oh. Very surreal. Uh, it's a really good movie. You uh, like Martin Fink. Really? Yeah. It's one of, actually it's one of my favorite roles that they've ever given John Goodman. And the uh, the set, the set and everything is very Kafka-esque. I think you'd like that. Um there's a great really visual cool. with the fire. I do like yeah. that. Yes. Very much so. It, it it's weirdly it it's claustrophobic, but it's darkly funny. It's everything the Coen brothers are kind of known for. They balance that off-kilter tone with, with comedy and drama and a little bit of gothic horror. Yeah, and a little bit of um, some of these people are stupid and how, how did they get jobs and how were they right. living? Yeah. Which they love doing. 
um, it's basically Barton Fink is having um, writer's block. And he's trying to write the next great screenplay, right? I don't know if he was yeah. successful beforehand. I haven't seen it. It was, uh, it's funny because Michael Lerner plays the, uh, the studio head. And it's basically, you know, when um, somebody becomes like a hot commodity in Hollywood, he keeps saying, he's like, we want that Barton Fink feel. We want that feel. But then they keep giving him script notes and having yeah. him change everything. Yeah. So they want it. They want his name basically, but they don't really want his essence. Yeah, it's good. Um, I want to make one more note on that. It has one of my favorite John Mahoney performances. Yes, he's he's the mentor character. Actually, playing Tennessee Williams, even though I don't know if like Tennessee Williams was even around in that year, and he's just like drunkenly wandering around trying to give advice, and then by the end, John Turturro realizes like this isn't advice at all. No, just random. <laughs> Yeah, which is, nothing. You know, none of the tips that people give them are helpful at all. Yeah, I kind of, I kind of actually. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll have to get that in the delirious in soon. Yeah. Um, dead again, which we we briefly touched on, which is Kenneth Branagh not doing a Shakespeare adaptation, which was rare back then. <laughs> um, but it's actually an original screenplay by Scott Frank. I don't want to go too much into it because it's very labyrinthian, but it's it's a really great movie. Uh, go in knowing as little as possible. It's a mystery. It's actually him and his then wife, Emma Thompson, and Robin Williams has a small cameo. But uh, I don't want to give anything away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was a, a sequel to a pretty prolific horror franchise that actually has a TV show coming on the air next month, um, Child's Play 3. I actually like Child's Play 3. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I like the setting in the military school. I think it's an interesting setting for uh, Chucky to quote-unquote play around in. (laughs) They come up with some imaginative kills. Like at one point they're doing war games and he he changes out the the, uh, the dummy rounds for live rounds. (laughs) So a lot of kids get shot. Um, (laughs) It's got a really... uh, The climax... Climax almost feels like a Dario Argento film because of the lighting. He, they go into this uh, this roller coaster that that goes indoors. And it's got a lot of magenta and purple lighting. That's cool. So it's got like this really Italian hard giallo kind of feel. Yeah. I like that each one of the... I mean, yes, they're slasher movies, but I like that each one of the Child's Play movies, since it's Don Mancini, I feel like he's trying to do something different with each one because he's been the uh the writer of all of them so far interesting but uh i actually like child's play 3 yeah didn't we just do that uh child's play 2 i feel like that was 1990 they might have fast-tracked it which is weird because there's a huge time jump between the second one and the third one because the second one i think he's still like andy's still about 9 10 and in this mm-hmm. one he's he's obviously like 16 or 17 because he's at this military school that's okay. I think I've never Child's Play Three is probably the one I've seen the most out of all the Child's Play. Oh, you seen it? Oh yeah. They, they, um, I, I mean, they play. They, I'm not. I'm really not. Uh, but like on, uh, I guess on TV they played the you know the uh, censored version quite a bit. So that's mm-hmm. how I saw it the most. Yeah. It was like seven minutes. Like what? <laughs> what did you think of it? Yeah, I mean, it was all right. Uh, again. Not a fan of Chucky. Is that because you're scared of dolls? No, I was just uh, when I was a kid. 
<laughs> my first horror movie was the leprechaun so anything that was like you know uh small and creepy and since i was a kid anything that would match my height i was just like this is good to you know. know yeah i'm old i'm bigger now it doesn't face me it's just the memories like traumatizing. it's just out of your view like it's out of the corner of your eye it's a little small oh, no, no 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 it's not just out of my view are you scared of the micronauts when you were growing up as a kid imagine like something like yeah i i get it it's now, like <laughs> i was just like i'll kick it I'll that's kick why it. i was scared of a uh, cat's eye speaking know? of which scared of small small soldiers yeah yeah <laughs> I love that movie. But anyway. Uh, that movie we'll loves there. you. We'll get there someday. Well, let's, go, let's go into... Uh, that's going to be in 2020. Jeff's time to shine. Oh, is it, is it time? It's time. Oh. All right, buddy. I don't know if you've seen this one. So bear with us. I tried to... I just watched it so I can talk about it. All right. Time for Poster Boy. We need a theme. Here we go. He's crazy if he knows what this oh is. Oh my god. Do you know what it is? I feel like I might. Put it in the range. I don't yeah. know. Good, good point, Corey. I actually thought maybe uh you would think of home. Actually, range. as I was re-watching it, I was thinking that. Yeah. Okay. This is better. You're better. I, I'm sure it is. And it's not hard to be better than home on the range, though I think that's a hidden gem. Might oh home on the range is a hidden gem. It's not as bad as people give it credit for. There are some good songs. The plot's very basic. What's the worst Disney movie then? Black Cauldron. It's just boring. Okay. Even that's not horrible. I don't think there's ever been a really bad Disney animated film. Even I don't like Brother Bear, but there's quality to that. Dragon. People like. Yeah, I just think it's a ripoff. You're a ripoff. So. That's a GIF. I mean, it's Disney. What'd you expect? But Disney anyway. rips off everything. Okay, so the poster is a a night it's obviously it's an animated film um it's a bunch of barnyard animals and an owl and a chicken and a collie and a horse and a cat and a cow and a another dog, dog. smaller dog or maybe that's a rabbit i don't know oh, that's a I, just, I can't even tell that and there there's a window with a moon shining down on whoever the main character is of this et skillfully blurred out the animated movie over here my first guess would be rock-a-doodle wow that's funny because that's what we were talking about it is not we're, we get these confused rock-a-doodle was, was one of the most traumatizing films i ever saw as now we know not to use that when it comes up in april of 1992 I, i've never been able to rewatch that movie because it, it just destroyed me as why because like he fucking dies and then for like ten oh, spoiler alert i haven't even seen it oh my god well whatever yeah sorry bud well no he doesn't uh, the younger viewers that was watch us are gonna be traumatized okay all right fine anyway back to whatever we're on right now right. uh i have no fucking idea it's a farm movie um i i want to think this isn't this isn't the animated version of animal farm is it no, no. <laughs> or well will come to life. Um, I'll give you. This, I'll give you. Oh yeah, you should. Was this was this five? Was this like a Don Bluth era type thing? Well, that's the thing. That's why I got this confused. Rockadoodle. Rockadoodle is a Don Bluth thing. I was looking it up. I finally found it. It's a Hyperion animation film. They're the ones that did the Brave Little Toaster. They basically uh, did this in the Brave Little Toaster series. I like Brave Little Toaster. Random people's hearts left and right. Uh, this is not break any hearts. This is just amusing. 
Yeah. Okay. Um, um, all right. Let what, me... do you, what would you call this before you know anything else about it? Nighthawks. <laughs> the bird. Yeah. And the, it's, it's the animated. It's the fact that it's a bird that does stuff at night. Um, I'm going to. Okay. First, let me try to guess what the animal is. Sure. I think it's like, it's got to be either a dog or, um, let's see, what other things we find out. Like, I, I want to say it's either like a sheep dog, maybe, or. I mean, but you already got two dogs in there. I know. Well, a little redundant. Don't leave him away. He's doing all right. Perhaps. I don't know. The way the, the the coloring on it looks like it could be Winnie the Pooh. Just <laughs> <laughs> like Christopher Robin brings his stuffed animal to a farm and then. Accidentally... Yeah, why did he never do that? That would have been. Fun. This ain't the Thousand Acre Wind. No, it's the... all right. All right, okay. I, I you want right. to do a name, or do you want me to give you the, uh, the quote? Moonlighting. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. All right. All right. Tagline. You'll laugh. You'll sing. You'll dance. You'll sit up and beg for more. Okay. So clearly a dog. <laughs> um, I want you guys do the name first right before you show the. This isn't that one with Billy. I, was the dog. I actually blank out the name. Even in the subtitle, it looks like lines of cocaine down there. Okay, good. <laughs> what did you say, Jeff? It was like the what? What no, I was saying this, this wasn't the one with uh, with Billy Joel as the dog. No, that's Oliver oh. and Company. And that's Disney. Oh, oh, oh. Gotcha. that's eighty-eight, maybe. Maybe that's what's eighty-eight. Does all dogs there. go to heaven. One of those. Mm -hmm. No, they're Don Bluth. Yeah, and we established before the podcast. Actually, we talked jazz about pop. It's jazz pop. I don't think you're going to get any further with I'm this. Gonna, no, I'm really not. I'm just literally. So, out now. Next thing I think is that cocaine line. Oh, there you go. The dog who gets no respect. Oh my God! It's the it's the it's the Rodney Dangerfield one that I can't remember the name of. I want to say it's like banjo or something, but it's not. It's a it's a it's a play on his name. Rover Dangerfield. You got it. Hey, look at that. Oh. <laughs> look at that. Look at that. Wow. Oh. Wow. Uh. Is Rover a big city hound who trades bright lights for barnyard laughs? Oh my god, I want to go watch. It's basically, Doc Hollywood, but with an animated dog version. Of <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait, there's no. Oh wait, there is a romance in this. I forgot. Yeah, it's with that collie to his left. You know what though? This poster makes it look like it's a biblical story because that looks like a manger. Yeah. Right? And the star of Bethlehem's above him. Well, it's the moon. It's like uh, some Christmas movie. Yeah. The little yeah. angel. <clears throat> this is a VeggieTales movie. I mean, I saw oh, this no, as like... a child. I actually liked it. So I don't know if it's just nostalgia or not. I think it's nostalgia. Probably. But I liked Rodney's stand-up. I'd seen a little bit as a kid. So I'm like, oh, this is a, just an animated version of that. Yeah. Because he was doing some of the same jokes. I was going to say, he must have improvised some of those jokes because uh, he's doing dog-related puns. Like at one point at the beginning when he's when he's gambling, he's talking to Dominic. She's like, "Hey, stick around. We'll play connect the dots." <laughs> I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> what is this?" I think I just liked his cadence as a kid. You know what's great though? They they must have this. 
I don't think that this era is where they recorded people doing their dialogue, but they get the Rodney mannerisms down perfectly. Like when he tugs on the, the uh, <clears throat> on the tie or his eyes bulge. Yeah. And he, they mimic him facially perfectly in this movie. It's good they got him because if they were just animating that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's. He, I mean, Rodney Dangerfield was an animated character in real life. There's some weirdly yeah. adult themes in this, though, like the mob. Yeah. And like his owner is a showgirl. Yeah. It was like a less neurotic Robin Williams. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. I feel like this, he wanted it to be a franchise. Yeah. He wanted to do kids' entertainment between this and the uh, Ladybugs. Yeah. Oh well. But yeah, I, I, always, I always thought this was a Don Bluth movie because of the animation style. Yeah. Well, everyone always thinks Brave Little Toaster is too. Right. Oh, so, because all, all of them looked alike. They were basically like trying to do their own thing, but like look like Disney, but not like Disney. Yeah. And a lot of them were former Disney animators. I mean, yeah. Don Bluth is yeah. one of the guys who did Black Cauldron, isn't he? Oh, I don't remember. I, I don't remember that. exactly his range, but he's a 70s, 80s guy, and then he yeah. splits to go do five hole. Yeah. So. And them. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So yeah, I guess that's it. You oh. did all right though. You figured it out. Yay. Eventually. There's that's not much else you could do where you come up with another film based on that poster. So we weren't gonna play it that way this time. Uh so I guess we've come to the end. I didn't exactly put you guys on the spot. I kind of warned you. I was going to say, what's your favorite Mickey Rourke film or favorite Don Johnson film? And I figured we'd like, look at this live. Okay, I know. What's, what's your favorite Mickey Rourke film? We'll do him. Johnny Hanson. Ah, it's a good choice. Don Johnson. We're all in cell block 99. That's a good choice too. Although, if you want movies where he's more prominent, probably Cold in July. Yeah, I've heard that's good. That's with uh, Dexter. Yeah, Michael C. All right. I would go with Diner. It's very early Mickey Rourke. I I like the whole movie, but... Not Diner. (laughs) Yeah, he's not the star. He's just in the with Daniel Daniel Stern's, I think, my favorite part. But like Tim Daly, Paul Reiser, Mickey Rourke. Paul Reiser's. Is Kevin Bacon in that? Is he the fifth one? Yes. Yeah, so that's a good movie. Holy shit. He's in a lot of movies I didn't realize he was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or didn't, don't, didn't even remember. Holy shit. All right. Favorite Mickey Rourke film? Probably this one. <laughs> oh, God. Not just because it's one of the three things I've seen with him in, but like it was, it was, I will, I will not shut up about how much I like this movie. Um, and Don Johnson, um, Tin Cup, yeah, I've always wanted to see that. It's a great movie, yeah. Oh, shit, I forgot to use Nash Bridges. Um, yeah, I, I really liked him in Knives Out. Oh, Even that's a good choice, a small, yeah. but like, Knives Out was a great. Movie. I'm trying to think of Don Johnson stuff off the top of my head. You have a Mickey work? Oh, uh, Sin City, like. Yeah, that's why I didn't take it. <laughs> he was in a boy. That was the first thing I seen him in. It was yeah, definitely the boy first thing. Dog. He was the boy. Oh my god! Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a good movie. Which one? Boy and His Dog. That's a good one. I might have gone with that. He was the boy. Yeah, Harlan and Ellison, right? Right. Filmography, there we go. Oh, the hot spot. I forgot about the hot spot. Never saw it. He's good in that. Yeah, I think I'd go with the hot spot. Okay. I don't know if Jimmy's seen any of the other things other than like Knives Out. Also, Django Unchained. Yeah. Do you, <laughs> do you remember him in Django yeah, Unchained? Well, yes, I do. Okay. Yeah. Wait, what, sorry, Tristan. What'd you pick for work? I went with uh, Diner. Diner, that's right. Yeah. Because I think it's underrated for his acting career. I forget he's. Yeah, you always think of Paul Reiser. Uh, I think of Tim Daly, actually, weirdly enough. Yeah, I watched it because of Tim Daly was in it. And that's uh, right after, I watched it right after Sin City and came Steve out. And I was like, oh, he looks so different, not knowing what happened. Steve Gutenberg, so. Oh, right. Gutenberg's good in that. Yeah. Yeah, that, you know, I think that actually rivals Big Chill. That might be... Uh... One of my favorite Barry Levinson movies. Mm -hmm. Diner. Yeah, he's good at that. Next month, we're going to be looking at another film that is very near and dear to Jeff's heart because he actually was in it when it was a stage version. It was a film from 91 that I believe was turned into a play or was it a play first? It was, I think it had like the hairspray treatment where I think it was a play or no, it was a book and then it turned into a movie and then they turned it into a musical and I was in the musical. Yeah. I think. Yeah. In, in our hometown. But uh, it's, it's this movie called Dogfight, which I think will be uh, very poignant because we're going to get to also look at the career of River Phoenix. Yeah, we'll, uh, we'll talk all about River Phoenix's career uh is that yeah we're, we're almost lining up we're, we're this is coming at the end of september and that will be in the middle of october so we're by the end of 2021 we'll have lined up for the 30th anniversary of movies right. and we'll be able to have this every month as it coincides and that's the plan that's the plan right so finally meeting with everybody else yeah <laughs> remember to uh rate review subscribe uh i hope you've been enjoying our comment. yeah comments uh, i see comment. more and more people uh liking our posts at least on the blog so if yeah. anyone wants to comment on them let us know uh any other features you want to see like jeff wants to do more content let us know if you want merch <laughs> oh yeah merch yeah right yeah, yeah, yeah. pay us we'll start you, a page you get now. this this on a shirt, which no, this is Jimmy's face on it. Yeah, I didn't see what you did. Uh, I would get this on a shirt. I was like, maybe not like, no, Jimmy you do mug. not want a, a, Jimmy, a Jimmy mug. Does anyone want like that? me? Then they would want my face. You don't want my face if you demand that Jeff customizes backgrounds again. You don't want my mug. Yeah, on what mug. happens? I want custom oh backgrounds. God. I can do that, but anyway, all right, <laughs> all right. Bye, y'all. See you next time. Stay movie.